This episode is sponsored by Visual Media. Are you an entrepreneur or a small business looking to take your brand to the next level? Then Visual Media is the service for you. Visual Media is a video production company who specializes in creating high-quality visual content for social media, websites, and online courses. Head over to Visual Media on Instagram and drop Resilience in their DM to get started. That's V-Z-U-A-L-M-E-D-I-A underscore to get started. What's up, everyone? This is Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, the number one podcast for anyone looking to have a greater human experience. What's going on, everyone? This is another episode of Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, and we are here with the amazing Susan Young. Like, Susan and I met maybe last week, two weeks ago, Um yeah. Just a random Facebook group that I entered and said, hey, like, I really want to introduce my audience to some new, some fresh faces. Susan happened to be one of the first ones to say, hey, let's do it. So, Susan, thank you so much for agreeing to spend some time with us today. Oh, absolutely. A pleasure. I appreciate you. Of course. Of course. Uh, Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm a story and speaker coach, so everything's a story to me. So here's my story, okay? <laughs> um, I didn't speak till I was four years old. Um, I, my parents thought I was deaf. We lived in Brooklyn at the time. So they take me to the doctor and the doctor says, no, she's not deaf. She's absolutely fine. She just doesn't need to talk. You know, when I was hungry, I would go bang on the refrigerator. So <laughs> I, who needed words? Um, but I was very curious and I was... Um, watching people, you know, watching and just listening to people. So um, I go on to college and I'm pretty convinced I'm going to write for Rolling Stone magazine. And then I found the campus radio station. And ironically, for somebody who didn't speak till they're four years old, I decide to major in mass communication. Hmm. Go figure. Okay. (laughs) So my parents were like, all right, this one's interesting. So um, I go back to New Jersey after I graduate, and for 10 years, I work as an on-air radio news reporter and an anchor uh, for radio stations in New Jersey, New York, and Philly, and uh, interviewed everyone from homeless people to presidents, and won a bunch of awards along the way. But the key here is, is that I'm an old-school trained journalist, and I was taught back in the 1980s and 90s that my opinion didn't matter. This was before 24-7 commentaries and news and all of the, the craziness that we are experiencing today. So all I did was have to ask good questions, put a microphone in front of somebody's face, interview them, get their sound bites. My voice didn't matter. But the price that I paid for that was huge mm. because I got it stuck in my head that my opinion didn't matter. And I never knew how I felt about anything. So, uh, you know, honestly, here some therapy, some deep introspection, some self-discovery and all that. And uh, 22 years ago, I started my business. Um, And so people wanted to hear my story. I had worked in Governor Whitman's Office of Radio and Television. I had worked for a nonprofit doing PR. So it was an interesting journey, but I didn't realize that my story was important. Mm. And so I had to learn how to tell my story and explain and talk about what was near and dear to my heart and how I felt about things because 
you're from Jersey and I'm just going to assume that you might know what I know is that, you know, we don't talk about feelings, mm. you know, <laughs> no, no, we, you know, and when I was growing up, you know, I'm 60 years old now. I, we didn't talk about that. We, most people I know and related to still don't anyway. So um, I realized the value of my story mm. and uh, teaching entrepreneurs how to share their story through media interviews, through podcast interviews through um, paid speaking engagements, and how to talk about yourself in a way that's not obnoxious, but um, humbling, and a story, just like what I shared with you. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I love it. I love it. So yes, Jersey in a house. (laughs) I have to shoot that, shout that out real fast. Um, Absolutely. How long have you been out of New Jersey? Um, we moved to San Antonio, Texas, which, you know, big culture shock, um, 16 years ago. 16, um, gotcha. But our family here and family back in Jersey, including my lovely parents. So we go back a lot. Um, you know, I, I get homesick. Jersey's home. And, and when I need to get, um, you know, some good pizza or bagels or Chinese food, and then, you know, I get that grumpy lady in the post office who yells at me. I'm like, I'm home. Okay, this is cool. <laughs> It's <laughs> but we spend the summers, you know, basically in Jersey because it's just too hot here in Texas. Yeah. Um, but it's nice having split time between both places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, I still have family in Jersey, so I get to go back there from time to time as well. And the it's like a, a light switch. It's like soon as I hit, you know, the turnpike, I'm a whole different errand. It's like, get yeah. out of my way. Like... <laughs> the the just the attitude switch from oh yeah you know yeah. from being I've lived in the south for about 10 years now so I had to learn that people were genuine genuinely like they say good morning to you strangers say good morning to you and they're not asking for anything or anything like that so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when you said culture shock I said app you know I can uh yeah I can attest to that Perfect. perfect. So, so you're entrepreneur, you are a speaker coach. How did that start? What, what was the catalyst to say, Hey, I want to work with people. I want to help them uh, develop their stories so they can share with, with other people. Yeah. It was interesting because I've been a storyteller for 35 years, you Mm -hmm. know, telling other people's stories on the radio. You know, that's what, you know, news is about people and people love great stories. And then when I realized, as I mentioned that, you know, my story was important, especially Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, how am I going to market myself? So I was able to, in 2000, when I started my business, I was able to grow to multiple six figures without technology, a budget, or a team. And the way that I did it, and I still teach this today because it's timeless and it works online, it's it's beautiful, Um, and it works works in the pandemic too, uh, is that we don't have to, we just have to show up and speak up. Mm. And so when we know the right words in the right order at the right time for the right people, that's when it's magical. So what I did when I started my company was I wrote on a whiteboard in the office, remember, you know, 2000. So I wrote, my job is to make the phone ring. Mm. And so the way that I could do that is all that I knew was communication, speak and write. So I started to speak at Chamber of Commerce breakfasts and networking events. And then I got paid to speak at conferences and um, meetings and and train people. And 
you know, then broke into the coaching part too. Cool, cool, cool. So what, what would you say has been your biggest challenge over the years with uh, being able to ma- maintain such a, a big and um, successful business? I think it's um, a lot of it is is systems and mm. you know the the processes and stuff. I mean, there's no shortage of ideas here. Okay, this is just, you know three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, wake up scribbling down something on the piece of paper. My husband's like, again? <laughs> like, I had an idea. You know, it's like kind of like the honeymooners when you have that Ralph Cramden moment. You know, this one's going to be the millionaire. You know? <laughs> so um, there's no shortage of ideas, but um, you know, coming from um, you know, not coming from a corporate or um, a real business background, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's been a little bit of a struggle sometimes with systems and processes because everything's up here and, you know, to document yeah. it. And that, that's why, you know, it's interesting that McDonald's, no matter how many people and with a turnover rate that they have there with hiring people, they can hire any completely faced 15 year old and have the same exact hamburger in San Antonio, Texas, or Voorhees, New Jersey, or Tampa, Florida, or wherever, because they have the punch list. Put the roll on here, pickles here, fry it, you know, grill it for 30 seconds, flip it over. And anybody off the street can walk in and make that same McDonald's hamburger mm-hmm. the exact same way as, you know, somewhere else. Um, so processes and systems have, um, I think, are super important in business. Yeah. Yeah, you said Voorhees, New Jersey. I was born in Voorhees. I know. That's why I said it, girlfriend. Come on. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> I was born in Voorhees. That's awesome. That's so crazy. Um, <laughs> what um, what systems do you have or just one system that you utilize, um, that you've utilized from the very beginning that has helped you uh, stay the course? Okay. So, um, one of the things that I teach and, um, you know, I have a communications vault. So that's what clients have access to is that mm-hmm. um, when when you speak, when you get hired to speak, whether it's paid or volunteer or whatever, it's that I have um, all the back end business tools. And so, um, you know, I was a member of the National Speakers Association for years. And so they, they teach the business of speaking. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think the biggest thing that has made a huge difference is having an event questionnaire. And so it is. It helps me to prepare. So when I, in fact, I just got hired to speak yesterday and again this morning. <laughs> um, so congratulations, I thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the organizer an event questionnaire, and it's it's a little bit about you know the logistics of you know how's the room set up, is there a podium, is a PowerPoint, you know, those kind of things. But more important, because you don't want to be surprised. You don't want to walk into a room and find out you're in an auditorium with five thousand seats and there's twenty people there or that it's classroom style, or that there's, you know, just weird stuff. You know, they're going to be eating lunch. You want to know all these kind of things. Sure. Um, but more important, you know, it's about the challenges and why did they bring me in to speak and what problems do they want to solve and how are they, you know, what, who's going to be in the room? Like if, if the boss is going to be there and people are intimidated and they don't want to ask questions, that's very different than, a di- you know, there, there could be another scenario. So Asking the right questions in advance and then preparing the presentation is just huge. Mm, that's amazing. That's uh, great information for anyone out there looking to start a business and speak in. Maybe you just want to speak on a side or, you know, you just have a calling. Um, that is uh, a great t- uh, piece of advice to have in your 
in your speaker's tool belt. Absolutely. What, what role does intention play in your daily life? Everything. I mean, you, you've got to set the intention at the beginning of the day or the night before so that you know where you're heading. Otherwise, we drift around aimlessly like a boat on the water and say, well, this was nice, but <laughs> what did I get done today? Yeah. Um, so I, when I speak, I usually I use the example of, you know, you have a boat and you'll appreciate this because it's East Coast stuff. But, you know, <laughs> you have a boat, and you put it in the water in New Jersey and you say, we're going to take a three day you know, trip uh, to Boston, to Cape Cod, you know, up to Massachusetts. And so you don't have any kind of benchmarks or road, you know, road mark, you know, roadmap of where you're going. Mm -hmm. so you might say, you know, well, I want to stop in um, in New Haven, Connecticut, and you know, we'll refuel and we'll do some shopping and we'll look around and we want to see Yale University and then we'll go up to Rhode Island and so you know where you're heading. Sure. But if you put the boat in the water in New Jersey and you're floating around aimlessly without some of these landmarks and these these plans. And then you get to Delaware and you're heading south. It's like, how the frick did we get to Delaware? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we were just, we had fun, but we didn't know where we were going. We didn't get to where we planned to go because you were going in the wrong direction. And that's what intention is really all about. Yeah, I love that. Um, what, what is one of the most important life lessons that you've learned over the I'm going to say over the past 10 years <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> we need a bottle of wine for this in about <laughs> hey 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 did you know I wrote a book it's called the value method five steps to unlocking your greatest potential and in it I share just that five wildly easy actionable steps that will set you up to have a greater human experience daily. I've included interactive worksheets and small assignments at the end of each chapter. You're literally creating a living blueprint of your best life. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to purchase your copy and a copy for a friend. Um, I'd say you're so much better than you think you are. Mm. Why do you say that? Um, we tend to shoot ourselves down. We tend to listen to negative self-talk. We tend to get um, discouraged, mm. um, distracted, of course, with this online world <laughs> and chaos that we live in. Um, but also, you know, it's a lesson that I learned from my daughter, frankly. And, uh, you know, we went through a 10-year family crisis that turned us inside out and upside down. Mm. And um, it was, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah. And so everything's good now. She's 29 and healthy and whole and all that, but um, it was hell. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember saying to her once, um, she, she's really talented, musical and, you know, musical theater and singing and music and piano and all that. And she applied when she was like 13 or 14 to, go to a magnet school for the performing arts. And um, she was, you know, convinced she didn't get in, blah, blah, blah. So we go to the mailbox, you know, two weeks later, she gets the letter. We're opening up the letter in the car and she got in. 
And we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> Stephanie, this is, you know, amazing. So um, we're celebrating and jumping up and down and all that. And, and I said, you see, you're so much better than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting that when we, and I've done a lot of self-discovery through that tr- time of my life and, and mm-hmm. recently in the past year and a half or so, um, it's that there's nothing wrong with you and there never was. And I think that's just a huge, for me, a personal breakthrough, you know, because just keep saying, you know, we tell ourselves stories and and I teach storytelling and how to talk about your business and talk about yourself, but it's really the internal story, that internal communication that's going to determine your intention and how you succeed on the external world. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So I, I call it, I call it inside out storytelling. Once you get the story straight in your head, then you can go forward in a, in a very different and more successful way. That's been my experience anyway. I feel like it adds another layer of perspective in a sense. Yeah, um, it yeah. sure does. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, hmm, what? That was a great, that was a, a fantastic answer. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, it just set me back. Um, because we are our biggest critics, um, regardless of what anyone says, we absolutely, I, I feel, and, and, you know, I'm included in this, I am the hardest on myself. And sometimes that goes to the extreme. And now it's really, really hard to navigate back out of that um, once you've gone down that rabbit hole. Um, do you have any guidance or any information that could help someone get out of that rabbit hole of that negative thinking, that negative self-talk? Yeah, in fact, um, you know, that that's what I teach is that, again, it starts with the inside, you know, the mm-hmm. internal story. So what I teach is um, I'm trained in NLP and neuro-linguistic programming. So um, that's about you know, reprogramming your subconscious mind so that it serves you better. And so you have a more fulfilling life and relationship and experiences and things like that. So um, it's really about training your mind and realizing that we have much more control over our brains and our subconscious than we think we do. Mm-hmm. And so when we take control of that and step in and claim that power, um, And, you know, it's really just all that we pay attention to, but it's having very high levels of self-awareness so that, you you know, you don't have to rewind and go back to therapy and say, well, why did my mom say this when I was six years old? Or why did the teacher say that? Or the priest Mm -hmm. said that or whatever, you know, we just reset from where we are and move forward so that we can have, um, like I say, a more rewarding and fulfilling life and, and, you know, do our thing. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody here was put on this earth to struggle or suffer or be sad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we just need to realize that our minds are fertile gardens. And when we plant those seeds of optimism and hope, as goofy and corny as it sounds, (laughs) planting those seeds of, you know, negative and I I suck and blah, blah, blah. Why did I screw this up? You know, that's not going to help anybody. And so when we get that story straight and we, again, reprogram our subconscious minds, most people don't aren't aware that of the, these tools and techniques. And once they learn that from me and it's really, really fast and easy, then it's like, okay, now let's get your story out to the public. Now let's have those meetings and meet with those CFOs and those high level decision makers, instead of thinking, 
why are they punting? Why, why they scheduled a meeting and they didn't show up? Why did they send me to HR when I was supposed to meet with the CEO? Why are they telling me they can't sign the contract? It's because that's what we're thinking about in our heads because we're doubting ourselves. And I'll put it this way. There, there's two basic laws of marketing. One is that people have to know you exist. Mm-hmm. And two, they have to believe you. But the third one is where I come in. Okay. Because it's the third one is if you don't believe you, nobody else will. Mm. And I call it the believability factor. And that's where that negative self-talk and how you can turn that around really lies is that if you don't believe that you have the best solution or the marketing or the you're the best choice and you know, you'll never beat the competition. You'll never help more people. You'll never be able to share your gifts. So it's most important that first you believe you mm. and then you go out into the marketplace. I love that. That is fantastic advice, um, which leads me into the story of the elevator and Lamar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You saw it. <laughs> I did. I did. And I said, oh, my gosh, we have to talk about this. Um, because I found myself in situations where I am, you know, I'm driving down a road and a car cuts me off and then they slam on their brakes and now I have to slam on my brakes. And then I, my coffee flies and there's just like a, a chain reaction of events um, that I can choose to go this way or that way. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, I've taught myself how to uh, recognize when the universe is trying to tell me something and to slow down. And that kind of sounds like what what was happening with you and Lamar. So if you don't mind, can you share that story? Uh, Because first off, I love it. Um, And second (laughs) off, I know, I know that there's a few listeners out there that's going to get some real, real some education out of this story. Okay, so by the way, I just, before we got on camera here, I took Wally, our golden retriever, out for a walk and Lamar was working on the elevator. So <laughs> we stopped and chatted. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, as I said, we have a golden retriever named Wally. We live in a, um, it, we downsized, our we're empty nesters. So uh, the kids moved out, we, we have an apartment in a, um, on the third floor of a beautiful apartment building overlooking a golf course. When I'm in San Antonio, the terrace is my favorite place. Jersey, <laughs> it's the beach, but anyway. So yesterday I went out to talk to uh, take Wally out for his afternoon walk around 12, one o'clock. And the elevator here in this luxury apartment building has been broken for three weeks. Mm. And like I said, we're on the third floor. I'm 60 years old. I ain't loving this, okay? <laughs> this is a big pain in the butt. So um, schlep Wally downstairs, go out to, you know, and, and I see the, um, uh, the repairman, who we never see because nobody's ever working on the elevator. We're like, what's going on? And we just get, keep getting, like, you know, stonewalled. So I see the guy, the technician, and, in the hallway. And I said, hey, you know, uh, working on the elevator? And he goes, yeah, you know, trying to fix it. I said, well, when's it going to be fixed? And he goes, well, I don't know. He's still got the problem with the, and I said, well, it's been three weeks. He goes, "Uh, well, if you're such a genius, why don't you fix it? Oh, don't get me started. Mm. (laughs) Jersey, don't play. (laughs) And then he he, he said like this, um, I was furious. And so he says, uh, 
I said, you know, I pay your salary. I couldn't think of anything else to say. It just caught me so off guard. I'm like, you know, I, I pay your salary. He goes, no, you don't. And he started to walk away. And so I started to walk away. And under my breath, I mumbled, asshole, you know. So <laughs> he didn't hear me. But anyway, that, that kind of made me feel a little bit better. But I was, you know, <laughs> all kinds of bent out of shape. Go downstairs with Wally. And as I'm walking, I'm like, you know, he, this, I keep thinking about this conversation. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's stealing my joy. I, I don't want to be in a bad mood. I, I know I didn't handle that right. I shouldn't have said that. I could have said that. Why did he say this? How could I have, you know, all this stuff in my head in, in the span of like 25 seconds. So I'm thinking like, maybe I owe him an apology. And I'm like, no, I don't. And then I'm like, all right, start thinking of three things that I'm really grateful for so that I can get my joy back. I'm not going to let this elevator thing piss me off and ruin my day. So I'm thinking, okay, well, um, I'm walking Wally. It's not raining out. That's cool. I'm able to walk. I can go up and down the steps and I can walk Wally. And it's just a beautiful day in a beautiful neighborhood. I look up at the sky and the houses over the cliff and all that. So I'm like, I'm good. Okay. So I start walking back and I'm in my happy place now. And I walk into the lobby of the building and there's the guy who I had to run in with working on the elevator. Mm -hmm. He turns to me and he said, ma'am, I want to apologize to you. I shouldn't have said what I said. I treated, I didn't treat you correct, you know, properly. And I'm sorry. And I stopped and I said to him, it's so funny that you say that because I wanted to apologize to you because it's not your fault that management isn't doing this or that, or that it's broken. And I didn't, I don't think I handled it properly either. I said, so thank you so much for saying that. I'm really glad that we ran into each other. I said, I'm Susan. He says, I'm Lamar. We shake hands and we start talking about the elevator and the, the motherboard and the wires and all the stuff that I don't understand, but the elevator <laughs> doesn't work. Anyway, and that's how it ended. And I cried. I got to tell you, I cried. What, where did that, where did that emotion come from? It came from me feeling like I wanted to apologize and then the universe conspired to have him there at just that right moment where our paths crossed again. And if he didn't apologize, I was going to apologize to him. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter that he apologized, but the fact that he did and that we were on the same kind of frequency and vibration of that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it just was a was a left us all in a bad place and putting that juju out to the universe and all whatever. I don't think he's as woo woo maybe as I am, but that we recognize that and that it felt like such a burden was lifted off my shoulders. Like I got a chance for a redo mm. and that the world is okay. And that there is crap out there and that the elevator ain't the end of the world and that there's good people there. And I just got really emotional thinking like, Thank you, universe. Thank you, God. Thank you, spirit, whatever you want to call it for showing me that lesson. Hey, hey, hey. If you're enjoying this content, do not forget to rate and review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. It helps us reach more people in more ways. Now, let's get back to some resilience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't 
can relate to that story on so many different levels, on so many different occasions. And some of the, in some of my experiences, I am you. And some of my experiences, I'm Lamar. So, <laughs> you know, um, being able to go through the world and know that there are other people out here um, and the universe is conspiring to encourage us to be better. And we have we have the option. We have the option to choose to be better, to pick up the phone or to ignore it. And it's so great to know that in the, the craziness that's going on in the world, which there's always going to be madness going on, um, that we're able to really, really have that introspection and say, hey, like, that wasn't okay. How can I address that? How can I fix it? First, let me think of a few things that I'm grateful for in the moment, which will, again, um, elevate my frequencies and my vibrations and, and the way I'm thinking so that when I do meet that person again, because when you want something, the universe sometimes gives it to you. Um, always. Always. <laughs> always. always. Um, so now you're in that that mindset and that you're on that vibration, that frequency of, hey, this is where I am, you know, and having the oh, self-awareness to say, hey, I apologize. Like that wasn't right. And we, and I shouldn't have done that. And like you said, regardless of if he was going to apologize or not, you already had your mind made up. That's amazing. Thank you. And, and I, I'm so touched that you know about Lamar before I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I had no intention of talking about Lamar. Um, but I will say this one thing, um, and it dovetails off nicely of, off of what you just said, is that, you know, my intention every day is to, um, you know, be a person of excellence. Mm. And so when I put my head down on the pillow at the end of the day, it's like, did I absolutely do my best? And in that moment, when I walked away from him and was mumbling and, you know, took the dog out and was all bent out of shape, I'm, I'm thinking, this is not my best. Mm. I am just all fired up and pissed off and, you know, it's wrong. And so I don't want to be there. And so we're, we're fast to give away our power. And Ooh, I wasn't pause. going to do that. Pause, because that right there, that, I think that's something that, we all need to slow down and listen to. Say that again for me. We are so fast to give away our power. Mm. Mm. Okay, go ahead. That is that is chef's kiss. That right there, <laughs> we are so fast yeah. to give away our power, uh, our happiness, our joy, you know, and yeah, go I mean, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that... No, it's okay. I, I, was, I was giving my joy away to some elevator technician who I have no idea. Now I know he's Lamar, but yeah, I had no idea who he was or what he was about or what he was doing or what he faced in his world or, or what, you know? And so, um, like I say, you know, my goal is always to put my head down on the pillow at the end of the day and say, did I do my absolute best? Mm. And how can I do better tomorrow to be a person of excellence? And just one quick example here is that, um, like I said, I've been married, you know, to the same guy for 33 years. So, um, it's congratulations for that as well. Let me give you some Thank for you. that. Congratulations. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, talk about communication. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, what happened was I took, his name is Andrew. I took the phone charger out from the power strip in his office. We both work from home before COVID. So 
you know, he has a power strip in his office on the floor and I took the phone charger out and I took it in the other room and plugged it in. And then I went to put the phone charger back and I walk into his office and I put the charger on the desk. And as I'm walking away, I think to myself, wait a minute, I didn't take the charger from the desk. I took it from the power strip on the floor. Now, like I say, 33 years, he's not going to say anything. He knows better than that. But I, I, I know better that that's where I took it from. So how would a person of excellence be? Mm. I bent down and put the phone charger back in the power strip on the floor. That's about being a person of excellence. These little things that add up. Absolutely. It's the little things that I think I, I think the next shirt I'm going to get is going to say it's the little things because (laughs) in in every situation, in every instance, um, we think, and we get hung up on the, the, the big picture, the grand scheme of things when really at the very, very end of the day, it's the little things. It's, hey, I, that's not where I got it from. Let me put it back where I got it from. And it, 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 it's small, but it's, it's powerful. It, it's that, you know, um, it's that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-awareness that I wish, I wish we all had had <laughs> to be Same. to be free. I <laughs> yeah. wish we all had this level of self awareness, and I'm 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 a work in progress. I'm working on myself. Are. You yeah. know, every single day. This is a journey. Um, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be you know a whole bunch of crap that just doesn't go your way, or will set you back. And knowing and and trusting in yourself. And being able to have that self-awareness and that self-accountability to hold yourself to that standard of excellence. Love it. Standard of excellence. I love that. Oh my gosh, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have anything um, that you would want the listeners to, to know about you? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> you may have stumped me. Um, <laughs> I, I am insatiably curious mm. and I like to ask questions. Um, I like to answer questions too, like this. Um, but I think it comes back to, um, there's nothing wrong with me and there never was. Mm. That's really what the, what the mantra is all about. There's nothing wrong with me and there never was. Mm. you know tell tell myself a story in here and start to believe it and then it's like well why are you carrying around that story and this is the nlp part of the you know subconscious reprogramming is you start to carry that story around for 50 years 40 years something that you overheard somebody say or you know like, like i'm a middle child right and um you know i was I grew up thinking that I was, you know, the middle child was the the black sheep of the family, the screwball, the troublemaker, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did things that lived up to that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then it was like, why do you think that you're the black sheep of the family? Why do you think the middle child is always a screw up? Why do you think that, you know, yeah, you did some messed up things. I mean, (laughs) no question about it. Yeah. But, you know, that was 40 years ago, 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know? 
it's like, what were you thinking? It's like, I wasn't thinking, I was learning. Ooh. Oh, okay. I can reframe this story now and all is well. I wasn't thinking, I was learning. You have some one-liners for days. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I learned this this wisdom thing from my, my grandma. She was um, born in Brooklyn in 1899. And she lived to be 95 years old. And even though she had, you know, three children and nine grand, one of nine grandchildren and 21 great grandchildren that were educated and doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs and all of that, um, the smartest person in the family was my grandma, who never finished high school. Mm. She was very, very wise. Yeah. You know, back then they didn't call it emotional intelligence; they called it street smarts. Mm. And she was very wise. And I, I, I'm blessed that I got that from her. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. I love it. Susan, how can we support you? Where can we find you on social media, internet, all that good stuff? Um, the website is sueyoungmedia.com. We do coaching and, you know, private coaching, group coaching, um, VIP days, um, you know, all kinds of Things for communication, storytelling, paid speaking, um, media interviews, how to get out of your own way and get out of your own head. Um, so it's sueyoungmedia.com. Um, have a Facebook group called Communication Nation. Um, on LinkedIn, we have a newsletter called uh, Become Known, Make an Impact. Mm -hmm. And um, on Instagram, sueyoungmedia too. So uh, yeah, just drop me a note if you want, you know, through the website or, uh, you know, here on Facebook or what have you or through the podcast and um, love to meet new people. Perfect. 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 Sue, this has been Susan. Sorry. This has <laughs> been absolutely um, fantastic. Um, I keep saying, um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm just like trying to grasp for the words to, to describe. I all, I don't ever rehearse. I don't ever practice these interviews. I like to come in and know like the basics and then we just have a conversation. And this is probably one of the best conversations I've been able to have with someone that I just met. You're sweet. Thank you. And I, <laughs> you know what my grandma told me one heart feels another. I got the same vibe and the same energy from you, Aaron. So I love Thank that. you. Of course, of course. Before we get out of here, I have one final question for you. What does resilience mean to you? Being tenacious even when you're tired. Say that one more time for me. Being tenacious even when you're tired. Mm. Being tenacious even when you're tired. Finding that will. Mm -hmm. don't give up keep going it's some things will change things will look differently but keep going stay with it stay with it stay with it that's love my mantra it. yep love it love it love it love it it's literally resilience in action i love yeah. this I, I love it uh susan you have been an absolute pleasure uh thank you so much for agreeing to spend a little bit of time with us and i hope you enjoy this as much as i did Oh, I did. Absolutely. You made my day. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. 
If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate and review. And remember, resilience in action will always lead to a greater human experience.